Hello, welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast, hosted by me, Jack Perks. Professionally, I'm a wildlife cameraman, but I dabble in podcasting, and each Tuesday we release an episode as I have a chat with scientists, artists, filmmakers, and passionate people all about nature in a light-hearted and certainly not serious way. Well, hello, welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host, Jack Perks, and this is another episode in our series of Jack Does Stuff. And this week, I'm out on the River Trent trying to catch a Xander. Now, if you're not particularly into angling, don't worry, it's not too much fishing waffle. It's really more about the fish itself, how they got here, and the wildlife that I enjoyed on a lovely autumnal day in September. Now, Christmas is only around the corner. I know that Spotify allow you to share your most listened podcast for the year. So if the Bearded Tits podcast is in that, do tag us in and we'll give it a share, retweet, whatever the hell social media you're on. Uh, A few people have said they've really been enjoying the new series. It's fantastic to hear from you. And I'm glad people are liking some of the new stuff that we're coming up with. Now, last week I was in the Scottish Highlands in the Cairngorms and I was trying to film spawning salmon. It's took me six years but I've finally got a shot that I'm really, really happy with. If you if you go onto my Twitter, Jack Perks Photo, or Instagram, Fish Twitcher, you can see the clip. It's about a minute long, and it's a good bit of fish porn. I'm very, very pleased with that. Not in a weird way. Well, maybe a little bit. But I'm pretty chuffed that I got that, because it's taken me a very long time to get that. So before we get into the main podcast, I just want to read out some of the comments that people have left on buymeacoffee.com. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a way for listeners to support the podcast with a little bit of cash. I run this all on my own, a one-man band. This is the only way that I make money from it. And we're trying to currently raise money for a new microphone. We are 79% of the way of £500 goal. So if you can donate, whatever you can give, that would be absolutely fabulous. And then what we do is we read out your message in next week's podcast. So I've got three messages to read out. The first one is from Jillia. I think that's Jillia. Apologies if that's wrong. And she's put interesting and informative podcast. Thank you, Jillia. Uh, I think so too. Uh, the next one is Lotus underscore social layer. Great name. Started listening to your podcast during the pandemic. Really happy that you have a new season now. And I think the format Jack does things, it's Jack does stuff, is great as a change of pace. Uh, brackets really love to hear your reaction to ringing and bats please don't do the stinky candles no idea what stinky candles is sounds amazing though maybe i will do stinky candles and the third message is from roman who bought me three coffees thank you roman i bought the uk wildlife podcast team coffees so i think it's only fair that my other favorite podcast producer gets the same treatment my son and i look forward to each episode of the bearded tit as it's refreshing to have a presenter who calls a spade a shovel your interesting interviews with a wide variety of wildlife personalities, along with the new Jack Does episodes, not to mention the occasional rant, makes for essential listening. Keep up the excellent content and production quality. I am blushing, Roman. What a legend. Thank you so much. And um, hopefully you gave me more coffees than UK Wildlife, because obviously we're a much uh, much better podcast. <laughs> Only joking. I, I, I was speaking to Neil on the phone the other night, who runs that podcast, and he's a, he's a lovely bloke. And, and Vicky as well, who, uh, who co-hosts that. Thank you for those messages. Obviously, if you want to kind of donate and you want your message read out on the podcast, you can do that. 
Uh, that is via buymeacoffee.com and there is a link in the description. Now, on to today's podcast. I am going out on the banks of the River Trent, only up the road from where I live, and I'm going to attempt to catch a really weird, alien-looking fish called the Xander. Hello, and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host, Jack Perks. And today you find me on the banks of the River Trent in Nottinghamshire, not too far from Newark. It's September. All the bankside vegetation is starting to brown out a little bit. It's a kind of dull, misty, overcast day, which to be honest is a relief. After the drought and the sunshine that we've had this year, I'm grateful for a bit of grey, and even more so for some rain, as the rivers have been absolutely crying out for it. The banks littered with thistles and nettles that are starting to brown. And on the drive down here, I saw three roe deer. It's always nice to see the mother and fawns. But I'm not here for deer today. I've come to the river to try and catch, or at the very least see, a very unusual fish. And one that shouldn't even be here. The Xander. I'm just climbing down the bank. It's a little bit steep and wild, but I like that. I like that it's not too tidy. And we're just going to make it my way to the seat box. Now I should just say, if you're not an angler, don't despair. This is not going to be too heavy on fishing waffle. Chrome announcing itself over there. But I am going to talk a little bit about uh, how I'm fishing today. And to catch Xander, I'm basically ledgering. I'm fishing on the bottom. That's because Xander typically hang near the riverbed. And it's what we call in fishing a running ledger. And that just means that there's very little resistance when the fish takes the bait. As if you read all the textbooks, Xander are very shy, biting fish. Not my experience. I'll talk a little bit about that later on. But we've got that for them. I know, I know, the crow's talking to me now. I've then got a circle hook on the end and I'm going to be using a dead rud because Xander are predators in every sense of the word. Now the reason I'm using a circle hook is they're a more humane way to fish. Some of you might scoff at that, but the way that it is, you put the small bait on the hook and because Xander can deep hook, they can swallow the bait right down. When you strike, the bait then gets caught around the corner of the Xander's mouth. So it's easier for me to unhook the Xander and it's better for the Xander itself to release it. So that's my method. So anyway, let's get this bait cast out and while we're waiting, hopefully, for a Xander, we'll find out how they got here and a little bit more about these weird, weird fish. Well, I'm glad this is a podcast because uh, that cast was uh, awful. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking awful. But anyway, the bait's out. And all I've got to do now is just keep an eye on the end of that rod. And my experience of Xander is that they, they don't necessarily grab it with great gusto. They might kind of play with it a little bit and go round. But we'll see. Let's stay positive. It's sort of mid-morning now, and the mist that was on the river has largely gone. But it's still pretty grey, to be honest. There's a bit of light wind, but it feels fresh. It feels good. 
It's that awkward time of year, September, isn't it, where it's not quite cold enough to wear your big coat, but it's not warm enough to crack out the shorts and t-shirt. So I do find myself taking my coat on and off, on and off again, in a sort of ritualistic way. Not that I think the Xander will particularly mind that. So what is a Xander? Well, it's a fish. <laughs> they're a predatory fish. And they're related to perch, if you've never seen one before. In fact, one of their other names is the pike perch. And this is because they look somewhere in between a pike and a perch. But they're more closely related to the latter. They're not a hybrid. This is one of the things that people used to think that they were a cross between pike and perch. But they're not even remotely closely related and able to do that. But I can see why people would say that. They come from the continent originally, Eastern Europe, and they were spread into Western Europe for fishing, and eventually found their way into England. And I'll come on to that a little bit later about their journey. On the continent, there are other species of Xander, and there's one called the Volga Xander. It's not a really rude or showy off Xander, it's just the name Volga. They live in the Baltic Sea and areas like that, and they're much smaller than the Xander that we know. They're more like a perch, but shaped like a Xander, I guess. And over in the States, they've got a couple of species as well, most notably the walleye. Now, walleye look pretty much the same as Xander, maybe a little bit more kind of greeny yellow in coloration. We did actually have walleye in the UK. They were introduced in the 1930s, but they never established. Well, maybe they did, because the same place later Xander were introduced to. So I've got a theory, if you DNA tested some of those Xander in the Grey Twos, which is where the walleye were put first and then Xander later, a few of them might have a touch of walleye in them because they can hybridise. Now Xander are common across most of Western and Eastern Europe and they're very popular as a food fish. They've got white flaky flesh. And I have actually eaten Xander. When I was in Berlin last November, I saw pike perch advertising a restaurant and I knew what it was. I've got to try that. And I had it with a pasta. It was okay. Whenever I see any kind of coarse fish in a restaurant, I'm always tempted to try it. And I've got a pretty good list going now. Eel is one of my favourites. Xander was okay. I didn't mind that. Carp, I won't be in any rush to eat carp again. And I have also eaten burbot, <laughs> admittedly, on the continent. And it was all right. Burbot was pretty tasty. I had burbot and chips. Very British of me. So I've mentioned that Xander are not native to the UK, but how did they get here in the first place? Well, they were originally introduced legally into lakes at Woburn Park in 1876. So they've been here a while. And this was by Francis Russell, who was the ninth Duke of Bedford. Now Francis had pretty good non-native game. Not only did he introduce Xander, but he also introduced Wells catfish, muntjac deer, and grey squirrels, they're all down to him. Now for a long time, that was one of the only places that you could find Xander in the UK. But it wasn't long before people heard about these two-feet predators. And in 1963, 97 fish were introduced to the Great Ouse Relief Channel by the Great Ouse River Authority. Oh, a kingfish has just gone by. Kingfish has just sit by. I don't know if you heard the call then, that kind of classic whistle. I've got bird Tourette's. Whenever I see a kingfish, I've just got to shout it out. That was lovely. That blue was stunning. Anyway, back to Xander. 
They were introduced legally to the Grey 2's relief channel. And this is where Pandora's box was opened because, oh, and now, just calling out birds, a little egret has flew over. Uh, almost looks like a barn owl from a distance, but it's definitely a little egret. The white stands out against the grey sky beautifully. Always get excited when I see little egrets, a touch of the exotic. I remember as a kid, if you saw a little egret, that was a real special day. And now along the Trent, they're pretty common. Fantastic. That's why we go fishing. Because I see wildlife. If I had my camera, I wouldn't see any of this. The rod is, for those interested, the rod is solemnly static. I'm waiting for it to wrap around any moment now. Anyway, we will get we will get talking about this great user relief channel fish. So these 97 small Zander, which came from Germany, they were introduced to the Grey Two's relief channel. As I said previously, a stocking of walleye a few years earlier had failed, or to they to their knowledge, it had failed. But these little Zander did very, very well in the Grey Twos, and they spread quickly throughout the Fenland habitat. This is when Zander started to mysteriously, or let's face it, not so mysteriously, end up in places that they shouldn't. Woburn Abbey was a private fishery, so it was much harder for people to kind of steal fish and move them around. But the Great Ooze was a huge expanse of water, so it was easy for, shall we say, entrepreneurial anglers to take a few Zander and move them around to other places. I've heard all kinds of rumours about who and why, which I won't get into here, but Zander very quickly turned up in the West Midlands canals, which when you think about it, is actually a really good habitat for them. Lots of small fish, murky water, which Zander love, and if you're an angler in the West Midlands, a lot closer to home to catch Zander. They did very well. And they started to turn up in Coventry Canal, there's a heron calling, uh, Trent Mersey Canal. Unsurprisingly, that's how they got into the River Trent, or that would be my logical route. It could be that anglers introduced them uh, straight into the Trent, but my suspicion is that they got here of their own volition. It's probably also how they got into the River Severn, though they may have been introduced there as well. To the point now where we're in 2020s, and Xander are more or less spread throughout most of central England, they're in the Thames, and they go as far north as sort of South Yorkshire way. So they've got a pretty good spread of the country. They're not too fussy where they live, but generally speaking, slow, deep rivers or deep lakes tend to be the favourite places. If you talk about Xander fishing in the UK, people tend to think of either places like Rutland Water, Gratham Water, these big deep lakes, turbid midland canals or big deep dirty rivers and that's what Xander really really like. They're perfectly designed for living in deep water or turbid water because they use a mixture of sight and smell sorry I had to pause then because my rod was looking like it was going to fall in to capture their prey and Xander have huge reflective eyes that's because they're a nocturnal predator, generally speaking. I know you might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, Jack, you're fishing in the day, but you can catch them in the day also. In fact, if you do catch a Xander and you get a good look at them, their eyes are like cat's eyes. They're really reflective when you shine them in the light. But when they're fishing in turbid water, those eyes become useless. So how do they catch their prey? 
Well, they use a mixture of smell and their lateral line, a sort of sixth sense that fish have to detect and catch prey. Currently, the biggest sander caught in the UK is 21 pounds and five ounces. And that was caught from the River Severn in Tewkesbury. That is a monster of a fish. The biggest out of the River Trent, where I'm fishing today, was 20 pound and five ounces. Oh, my rod's just, go on. Just moved a little bit. So it's only a pound short of the British record, and I'm relatively confident that in the next year or two, a record Zander's gonna come out of the Trent. There's some absolute monsters in here. The world record for Zander is 25 pounds and three ounces, and that was caught in Switzerland. So they can get pretty chunky. They can live up to 20 years old. It's a relatively long-lived fish. And when it comes to spawning, they're pretty interesting. The males build a nest, a bit like a stickleback, and they do this over gravel or sand and build this depression. The female lays the eggs, the male fertilizes them, and then that's her job done. The male then guards them and he's a very protective parent. So much to the point that Xander have actually been known to attack swimmers and divers. And in July 2009, a Xander bit bathers swimming in a Swiss part of the lake Magigor. Magigor? I don't know, Magigor, we'll go with Magigor. And they actually sent two people to the hospital. Xander do have big, sharp teeth. The worst bite inflicted a wound around 10 centimetres long. So they can bite. However, it's incredibly likely that this was a nesting male Xander and that's why it was attacking swimmers because they were going over its nest. I'm starting to sound like Jeremy Wade, aren't I? River monsters. The fish was around eight kilograms and it was later caught by the local police in a sort of Jaws style lynching. And in a kind of weird uh, twist of fate, they cooked the fish and offered it to the tourists who it had attacked. So that's one way of getting revenge on the animal. Eat the fucker. <laughs> there have been Xander attacks. There's definitely water rising today. The rain is holding off, which I'm grateful for. But I'm just watching that rod. Come on. I have to admit, generally speaking, I don't find Xander that hard to catch. I know that sounds quite arrogant, but if they're on it, they'll take the bait. And the swim where I'm fishing today, there's a big deep bowl and the Xander typically hang right out in the middle of that bowl and they just must wait for small fish to get washed down to them and engulf them. You read all the books and they say you have to fish at night for Xander and you have to do this method for Xander and you have to do that method for Xander. But generally, I find if they're there, they'll go for it. They're not too complicated or at least not where I fish for them. Go on, my bait, go on. That rod's tipping. No, bottled it. It's always interesting when you'd reel in to have a look at the bait to see if there's any puncture marks in it. Now I've held off describing what Xander looked like because I was hoping to have one in the hand to go through it with you. But I feel like we should talk about what this fish looks like. So I've already said they look a little bit like a cross between a pike and a perch. They've got a very slender pointed head, a bit like a pike I suppose. They've then got that big spiky perch dorsal fin with very sharp spines at the end of it. They've then got a second dorsal fin, which actually looks like a grayling's fin. They're sort of a frankenfish, and then a big tail at the end. 
The flanks are kind of a silvery olive colour with speckles and hints of stripes down them. They've got that large reflective eye and then you get to the real meat and potatoes of it. The mouth, which is a big old mouth. Go on. Sorry, I paused then because um, my rod... Oh, hang on. Is that a take? No, I don't think so. Nothing on there. That was a bit of excitement though, wasn't it? You never know, it's always worth a go. Well, where were we? We were talking about what Xander looked like. Well, you open the mouth of a Xander and it's lined with teeth. Not like a pike. I guess it's mouth's more like a bramble bush. Spikes everywhere. And a perch is more like rough sandpaper. But the Xander has got a more uniform mouth with two large vampiric fangs at the top of its mouth. And they go into its bottom jaw with holes there designed for it. So like a sword that goes into a scabbard. So these things are built to be predators. Like a perch, they also feel very rough to the touch. If you feel the skin of a Xander, it's like sandpaper, really, really rough. So with Xander being non-native, the big question that everyone's got, are they a problem? Are they an issue? Well, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? I think like a lot of non-natives, if I could click my fingers and get rid of them all, I'd do that. But we live in the real world and realistically trying to eradicate Xander from every single waterway in the UK would be an expensive and nigh impossible task. So my viewpoint is where Xander are already present, it's a case of monitoring and managing, but don't introduce them to new waterways. At the same time, I think it's pointless trying to eradicate them. I know that some organisations like the Canal and River Trust are very, very uh, militant on getting rid of them. The trouble is, you're never going to get rid of every single Xander. You only need a few to hang on, and then they'll breed, and you're back to square one. Xander self-manage themselves. Big Xander eat little Xander. Pike eat little Xander. And if you look at the size of a Xander, they get to a similar kind of range as pike. So they fill the same niche. You might get a few less pike, but what pike are left generally get bigger because they're eating the Xander. You only need to see this at places like Rutland and Gratham, where the pike numbers have gone down slightly, but they are much, much bigger. One of the concerns is that they eat silverfish, uh, that they've decimated numbers of gudgeon and rough and small things. As far as I'm aware, there's never been any formal study to collaborate that. I can see the logic, don't get me wrong. I can only speak from personal experience on the Trent, but there are still loads of silverfish in here. And in fact, in the very swim I'm fishing today, I did catch some very nice gudgeon earlier last year. So Xander will have an impact on that, but they're not wiping them out. I'd actually be more concerned about the Duke of Bedford's other introduction, Wells Catfish. That's a species we definitely don't want established in rivers. And unfortunately, they are turning up in my local river Trent. If you think how big catfish can get, £100 is nothing for a UK cat. That fish is eating large prey. A hundred pound cat's taking waterfowl. It's also taking, without much problem, uh, five pound, six pound fish, which are your breeders. Think about all those roach, grayling, barbel, chub that that catfish is scoffing. That is not something we want in our rivers. Xander, on the other hand, taking much smaller prey, 
and they're not affecting the larger breeding fish. So although it'd be better if Xander weren't here, I feel like they're here to stay for the foreseeable future. And if today's fishing session is anything to go by, they're not that plentiful. <laughs> I live in hope. So the rod has been doing some very interesting tapping. I know, control yourselves, listeners. And it looks like something might have taken an interest. And it's always that sort of stick or twist moment as an angler, because if you prematurely jerk your rod, I know, I know how that sounded, you might miss the fish. But at the same time, the fish could take the bait and bugger off. So it's just waiting for that opportune moment. See, it's stopped now. What I really want, I kind of go by, a bit like when you drop food on the floor, the five second rule. I get five seconds of tug, 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 tug. This is innuendo bingo, isn't it? Then I'll strike the rod. And with a bit of luck, get the fish. And one of the things I love about fishing in general, but particularly when I'm, I'm ledgering, is, is that air of mystery. Because although I'm after Xander, could be a pike. Could be a pike gliding over and nibbling that bait. Could be a very big eel. That would be an amazing thing. Eels are incredible creatures. Could be a chub. Although they don't look predatory, chub do like to eat fish. In fact, if you look at their pharyngeal teeth, the throat teeth of a chub, it's quite impressive. Could even be a catfish, as I said earlier, although we don't really want one of those. But I'm confident there are Xander in this swim. Another little tug. Go on. Go on, son. Or daughter. I'll take a girl, Xander. I've just reeled the bait in and had a look and sure enough it's got bite marks on it so I know that was a fish definitely but I don't think it was a pike because there'd be lacerations with the sharp teeth Xander tends to scrape more and that's what it looks like so I think that was a Xander but I bottled it didn't strike quick enough so I've recast my rod or recast my bait and let's go for round two well, as lovely as a day it's been, the Xander unfortunately haven't played ball. But I guess that's why they call it fishing and not catching. And perhaps that's for the best because after all, Xander being a non-native species, technically speaking, it's illegal to release any non-native species in the UK. So if I had a squirrel in my hand, a grey squirrel I should add, or a muntjac in a headlock, then I wouldn't be allowed to release those alive. And technically that's the same with Xander, with any non-native fish. And yet they seem to get a free pass. I know with carp, for example, there's a multi-million pound industry built on carp fishing. But they're a non-native fish. And yet if you slung a 30 pound carp up the riverbank, you'd be absolutely lynched by the angling community. So for some reason Xander are in that same ballpark where the vast majority of anglers don't kill Xander. Which I'm in favour for. I mean, let's be honest, they're already here. They're established in the rivers. Unless there was some foolproof way to eradicate them all, which there isn't. Killing one or two Xander when you're fishing isn't going to make a great deal of difference. But that's not been a problem today. <laughs> because they've not turned up. But never mind. Hopefully you've learned a thing or two about Xander today. These incredible, weird, vampiric, nocturnal freaky alien fish that could be in a river near you so hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast 
and I'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Now I'm going to level with you. I went out four times to try and catch one of these bloody fish. Could I catch one? Could I bugger? So I'm obviously not as good an angler as I thought I was. Last year, I did really well. I got them to £11, which if you're a fisherman will mean something. If you're not a fisherman, you probably won't care about that. But that's a good Xander. That's a big one. The British records double that, to be fair. But that's still a very big Xander. I haven't caught one uh, this season yet, so I am keen to maybe have another go at some point. But hopefully, you got the gist of it all anyway. And if you caught every time, it'd be boring, wouldn't it? Now, I might do more solo episodes. Originally, that was my idea for the Jack Dustoff series. It's just going to be me on my own. But I quickly realised that I'm not an expert in everything, funnily enough. And it made sense to have people along who knew that subject much more than me. But if it is a subject that I feel confident on, I might do more solo episodes if people enjoy that. Just me ranting on my own in the wilderness, which, to be honest, I'd be doing without a microphone anyway. Now, if you're not following our social media, we are on Twitter, at TitBearded and Facebook, The Bearded Tits Podcast. We don't have a specific Instagram page, but I share it all on mine, which is at FishTwitcher. So if you're enjoying the podcast, give us a mention and let us know. And if you could, do please leave a review. Wherever you listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, the dark web, wherever you listen to them, leave us a review. It massively helps the podcast out. And if you can chuck me some coppers on buymeacoffee.com, that is greatly appreciated. Now, next week... I am joined by Dr. Mark Everard. He's a fellow angler like myself, a great friend. I've known him for many years. We've written books together, been fishing lots of times, and we are also on the banks of the River Trent, and we're going to go targeting mini fish and talking about mini fish, celebrating sticklebacks, minnows, gudgeon and loach, all the mini fish that often go under the radar. We're going to celebrate them in a chat on the riverbank. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode. This has been the Bearded Tits podcast. I've been your host, Chat Perks, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Cheers.